morning. Good morning. Okay, I just want to say, Martin, that this isn't my comfortable place. Uh, so I hope that um, this uh, talk inspires you a little bit, uh, and I'm not too nervous. Um, so Martin asked me, and thanks, Mart uh, thanks to Kevin and Gary for sort of just starting my talk for me. That was really good. Uh, um, Martin said to me, "Why don't you share your testimony?" And that got me on a, a spiral of thought. I thought. Well, I don't know if my testimony is really that exciting and you know I'm sure people will be falling asleep after a little while but it got me thinking actually it's not about maybe what my testimony is but it's what our stories are and how stories are really important and um, anyone that knows me knows that I love a good book love a good story and uh, Gary you started the, the talk off because um, as I was thinking like, why are our stories important why is our story important why is our testimony important and, and it's just started me on a whole pattern of thought about this. And, um, and I sort of started thinking, um, as I was talking to my friend in the playground on Friday, about what are you doing this weekend? And um, about how if we don't tell our stories, like nobody knows about healing, nobody knows about provision, nobody knows about God's um, giving us what we need and things and comforting <coughs> us when we need comfort. And I thought, you know, like, there's a real power in our stories. And sometimes we don't give that enough uh, credit, enough glory, because we sort of, oh, nobody wants to know. Nobody's interested in what's going on in my life. But unless we start sharing our stories with those around us, um, no one's ever going to know. No one's going to know that God still heals today. If Gary doesn't go up to his friends and, you know, over a pint in the pub, and go, you know, this really weird thing happened to me and starts to share that story. And you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be, you know, a long thing about God, but it's just like, you know, this is amazing, these things happen. And um, so I just wanna share a little bit about that. That was my sort of thought process as I started um, to get to this point um, about how God just um, changes things in our lives and how we should give him the glory. And so what does our story show? It shows that we're all unique, not one of us, not two of us have the same pattern of story. God has taken us from one place to the next in the same way. And that, you know, that speaks to me about how God loves us all as individuals. He's created not two of us alike. You know, I think of Oliver and Elliot. You know, but they're different. They're not the same people. And you know, God gives us all our own stories because he wants to have the glory for everything that he's done in our lives. Not because he just, you know, wants to produce a pattern of people who are all the same. You know, he wants to produce a pattern of people who are individuals giving glory to him for everything. It demonstrates grace. It demonstrates God's grace in our lives. If we start sharing our stories, people will start to understand and to see and to grasp and to want to know more about God's grace and how they can um, participate in that and be part of that journey. It encourages others. You know, sometimes we use our stories to tell our friends about how God has moved in our lives, sometimes to demonstrate how God has provided things for us, and sometimes it's between each other. We, we use our stories to encourage each other and to build up the body of Christ. So we can use our stories in lots of different ways. And, um, you know, I think uh, whatever we do, you know, we, we, we're always going in our hearts like, God, how are you going to use me in this situation? What am I going to say here? 
So it encourages each other, and it also shows how God works. And we've had a brilliant example of that uh, with Gary's story this morning, how God is working in people today. And I'm sure that those nurses that you spoke to, it, has a, it, will, have, it will stick with them for a long time. So these are th- just a few things that I thought about story. And then um, we have Jesus' example from the Bible, how he used stories... And this is um, a quote from a guy uh, from Youth for Christ. And he talks about how stories have um, an effect on our brains as well, how it releases different things. So we are wired, we are created by God to want to listen to stories. And I think that's amazing, isn't it? That our brains are made in such a way that it releases different chemicals within the brains, our brains, so that God has wired us to be want to listen to stories. So we're not just um, sort of, you know, I love a good story, love a good book, hope you like yours, Barb. Uh, but, you know, we're wired for that. And we should be sharing these stories with one another. And also it reminds us that Jesus told stories all the time. All the time. So many stories just to get people to know, to understand. And... You know, this is a great pattern. We live by Jesus' pattern. And so if Jesus told stories to get people to understand about the gospel and understand about his love and the reason why he came, then we should follow that pattern and start to use stories as we talk to those around us. So um, here again, that that same um, idea in this slide here, how... um, When we open our mouths in parables, I will utter hidden things. So sometimes, you know, when we speak, God does things that we don't even know about. You know, we say what we think God is talking about in this situation, but God has far more and far deeper things than we could ever uh, start to dream or imagine. And so, you know, we're again following God's instructions in the Bible when we start to share our stories. So... I'm going to share a little bit of my story. It's not that exciting. Okay, I don't know if you recognise this place. It's a very nice sunset. So this is um, the town where I grew up. This is Whitstable in Kent. Okay. And um, lovely sunsets and uh, lots of pubs. (laughs) Typical seaside town. Um, And um, when I grew up there, you know, it was... um, it was okay, it wasn't great, it was the end of the line, it was on the Kent line going out east, there's not much there. Not as bad as Margate where Andy was born, but then we won't, <laughs> we won't discuss that one today. Um, but it was Whitstable, anyone know what Whitstable's famous for? Oysters, Peter Cushing used to live there, nice sunsets, and the Cray Twins, okay, so they're... Uh, as rumour has it, apparently, um, the Cray twins' brother basically owned half of Whitstable and we all knew where the money came from. But anyway, that's where I grew up. Um, I love Whitstable, actually. I still quite like to go and visit there. This is me and my sister. I've not changed a bit. <laughs> um, and it was just me and my sister and my mum and dad at home. And um, my mum and dad both had very difficult upbringings um, and both 
were very anti-church. That's the best way I can describe them. They were very... Um, they thought everybody in the church was basically a hypocrite and everybody in the church was just out for themselves and that it was basically a load of rubbish. And um, so they didn't really... We didn't grow up in a Christian environment at all until my sister... Um, started going to Girls' Brigade. Uh, her best friend from school, Diana, uh, went, and so uh, she invited Linda to go with her. And so um, my mum was like, yeah, I guess it's okay, it's not really church, is it? Because it's Girls' Brigade, although it happens in a church. She, she accepted that that was an okay thing to do. And um, so there was a, an officer there called Stephanie, and um, she was like, oh, would you like me to take the girls to church one Sunday? I'll come and pick them up for you. And uh, so she started coming to pick And one Sunday turned into two Sundays. And, you know, then it's... And she started just picking us up every week and taking us to church. And I don't know why my mum allowed this to happen because it's, it's sort of probably the, the sort of opposite to what she'd have wanted. But she just let us go. And um, I have another picture... Not quite so cute this time, but that's me and my sister in our girls' brigade uniforms. And um, so we kept going to church, and uh, we kept going to girls' brigade, and we um, joined, became members of the youth group, and we just sort of kept... And then this sort of became our, a new pattern for us, for our lives. And we still had, don't get me wrong, a lot, a lot of opposition at home. Mum and Dad were very, very anti-everything. Um... But, you know, God was working even then. And when, I look, when you look back at it, when you're in it, it's really difficult sometimes. When you look back on it, you think, actually, how did that happen? Because whenever I talked to my parents about anything about Jesus, anything about God, it was like, oh, it's a load of rubbish. Well, I'll take the expletives out of my phone. But, um, you know, it's a load of rubbish. It's all force. They're just trying to brainwash you. And, and I was like, but they still let us go. Now, as an adult, you look back on that and you think, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that these people who were so anti-church and so anti-God and so anti-religion and so anti-faith would still let us go to church, still let us get involved. We got involved with everything in the church and they just kept letting us go. And so, I, you know, now looking back as an adult, I think, you know, God was working in their lives, even though they were close to him, he was still doing a work. And um, so we kept going, and, um, you know, largely through the dedication of people like Stephanie and some of the other um, people around church for us at that time. And um, eventually, I gave my life to Jesus. I was about 15, which is quite a while ago. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Don't make any comments. And, um, and then I got baptised. Now, that was an interesting week because, again, you know, you can imagine what it was like at home. When, um, you know, first I was like, oh, I think I should get baptised. And I had great, great youth leaders. Never underestimate what your youth leaders do for your kids. It's amazing. And, and I was like, what do I do? How do I start this conversation? Hi, Mum. Hi, Dad. I think I want to get... No, oh, gosh, you know. And then, you know, so you know, like, any of us that come from non-Christian homes, you know how you have that turmoil. How do I start this conversation? Yeah, because I know it's going to be conflict right from the word as soon as I opened my mouth. And I just went, I can't even remember how I started the conversation or how it went, 
But my mum was like, well, if that's what you want to do, and my dad's like, I don't think do whatever you want to do. Like, how did they, how did they not... They were opposed, but how did they not stop it happening? They never stopped it happening. They never stopped me being able to take the next step or the next step. And I just, I don't know how that happened because, that, you know, it was so anti what they wanted. Um, anyway, that's where I got. I got baptised. Again, I, like I said, I had great youth leaders um, who really encouraged us. They encouraged us in um, gifts of prophecy and, gift, and words knowledge and tongues and stuff like this way beyond what a baptist church was doing at that time you know they were like we were like just experimenting with our faith and it was just a great a great place to be and a great opportunity so then i met this guy anyone recognize who he is <laughs> it was a long time ago very, as my kids said, oh, Dad, your shirt's very 80s. <laughs> uh, and I met Andy, and Andy sort of, if anyone knows about his story, comes from a Christian home, very, you know, his parents are very encouraging and very supportive, totally opposite. And I was like, wow, you know, this is, is this, this, I thought my family was normal. Is this normal? <laughs> what is normal? And, you know, like, even things like, my family were very, my mum was very anti her siblings She'd, because of things that had happened in her past to the point that we didn't speak to them, we didn't see them. And, um, and, uh, but Andy's parents got together with his siblings and his cousins every Christmas. I mean, what madness is this? <laughs> and I suddenly realised that, you know, when you have God in the middle of your family, although things might be rubbish at times, God turns up and God starts to change those relationships and heal those relationships. And we can fall out with one another and we can have an argument, but we come back because we have God at the centre of things. And I suddenly realised, boy, this is different. Boy, this is, you know, it opened up a whole different sphere of what life could be like. You know, and I'm so grateful for meeting Andy and, and for having that. And his parents have had such a huge influence on my life. Um, because I could see there was a different pattern to marriage and a different pattern to family than one that I'd experienced growing up. And it's not nothing against saying my parents were awful, but, you know, when you're sitting on the stairs at eight and you're hearing your parents shout and door slam and swearing and stuff like that, and then you've experienced this gentle, like, we can have a disagreement, but let's talk about it and let's pray about it. And you're like, wow, this is so different. And this is, this is the life that I started to experience, how God was showing me that here's a new pattern, here's a new framework, here's a new way of being. And you don't have to be defined by what you were when you were younger, or what you experienced growing up, but I've got a new and a different pattern for your life. And sort of off the back of that, this is one of my favourite verses, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And the verses around that, when it talks about how God knew you, from, the, from when you were inside the womb. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, this is one of those verses that blew my mind when I was growing up because I thought, you know, like, even though I grew up in this non-Christian home in this, this volatile environment, God knew me. He had a purpose and a destiny for my life, even though I didn't know it, even though I couldn't see it. And, you know, like, how... Sometimes you just go through things and it's not until you reflect back on it later that you suddenly think, 
oh, you know, this just blows your mind how God has this pattern and this purpose for our lives. And so it, this verse, I love this verse because I think, you know, it, every time you feel a bit wobbly or your past comes to sort of hit you around the head, you think, I'm not because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, created by Creator God, not by accident, not just sort of thrown together and left to get on with it, but I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that really, really is one of the anchors in my life. So um, after I met Andy and we got married, I was going to put a wedding photo up, but decided not. Uh, we, <laughs> oh, maybe next time. Um, we, um, we were living in Hearn Bay, which is sort of next to Whitstable, which was more of a dive than Whitstable. It's not now, it's very nice now. Um, and we were, we were thinking about sort of what next and where's God going to take us. And um, we'd been um, to an event in Chatham and um, it was all about God's call on your life. And, I, and Andy remembers the story much clearer than I do. And he said, we sat in the car and we were like, so what, God, what did God say to you? No, but what, you go first. No, you go first. You go. And we, we had this conversation and basically we felt that God was calling us into youth ministry. So we spoke to our church in Herne Bay and we opened a youth group there, which is still going. Um, uh, praise the Lord. Actually, my sister runs it. How amazing is that? Okay, um, you know, she's got a whole other story, which is, which is good. Um, and, um, and then we had the opportunity to come up to London, and I'm so pleased that Terry's here today. Um, and we, we became part of what was Croyland Evangelical Church, and Andy um, did a youth work course there. And, you know, again, we have experienced God's work in so many different ways. Um, there was a time when, you know, with three kids on a youth worker's salary, life was pretty, you know, pretty tough. And then all of a sudden, boxes of food started appearing at church with our name on it. And it had things like biscuits in it and <laughs> fresh pineapple. And you think, wow. You know, and then you'd sort of, you know, have those nice things. And you think, oh, that was such a blessing. That was just came right at the right time. And then, you know, when you were running out of the nice things, the bo another box appeared. Simon, I remember your mum used to buy us nappies for our kids. You know, like, God just blessed us in so many ways. And, um, you know, it was, it was just such a time. There's so many stories I can, I can say. When I needed a new coat, and I was, like, wearing this really thin coat, and we were like, and it's like, you should buy a new coat. And I'm like, yeah, but the figures don't add up, and it's really difficult, and how are we going to do it? And the next day, there's £40 in an envelope through the door. You know, God blessed us in our time at Croyland so much, and we're so, um, so grateful for that. And we have so, you know, there are so many stories. Half of them I've probably forgotten. Um, but, you know, God gives us each a story to take us through our lives and pe brings people into our path that are, will bless us at that time. Um, we then went on to run a house church in Tottenham uh, before um, moving on. Uh, you know, and again, you know, God blessed us during that time with people, with finances, with everything that we needed. Not what we wanted always, but what we needed. And I think there's a huge difference there. Um, you know, he blessed us because we, when we, Martin had a word for Andy, I don't know if you remember. And um, it, it really sort of, um, 
spoke to us about the position we were in before this. And so we moved on uh, we, and started to house this house church in Tottenham. But um, we wanted to buy a house in the area. And I'd seen a house on the internet, because I love searching for houses on the internet. And um, I said, this is, this is our house, because it's in the right area. It's the right, right you know, roads with the people around us. But we can't afford it. But this is our house. So we went and looked at it. And the more we looked at it, the more we were sure this was our house. So we, um, we wrote a letter and said, you know, does anyone want to come in and invest in our house? And one person invested in our house. And so we, we were like, oh, we've got to make an offer now. Let's offer below the asking price, because that's what you do when you buy a house, right? And they refused and they refused. And Andy said, you know what? We have got 240000 exactly with this money. We should offer exactly that. Not try and... We were trying to offer less so we had more money. And Andy said, we should offer what we have, what God's given us. We offered what we had, offer accepted. So, you know, this, 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 these sort of stories that we need to share with each other, when we follow God and we're obedient to him, how he starts to affect our lives. Uh, we have a similar story with the house we're in now. Um, we saw it online, um, Andy's sister, because we were in Lebanon, Andy's sister and the boys went to see it. And um, it was a, it's a nice little house, very small, but, you know, it, it suits us. And um, they had two offers on the table. And... Um, our offer was lower than the other people. But they were saying, we're not going to accept the highest offer. We're thinking about it. Anyway, Andy's sister got a phone call saying, from the guy at the stage and saying, something really strange happened this afternoon. He said, I had the people in from the house and they've accepted your offer. But yours is the lower offer. And Andy's sister was said, like, you know, like, I can tell you. And he said, I don't know why this has happened. And she said, you know when you want to say, I know why. But she said, I just had to say, well, you know, you know, th these things are meant. These, there's a purpose for these things. And, you know, like, again, God has blessed us with a house in a great street with great neighbours. And um, we're very happy there. And we're only, you know, close by everybody. So the other big thing, I suppose, in my testimony is moving to Lebanon. And Andy started going to Lebanon um, in 2000 and something. So quite a long time ago. And he, he came back really enthusiastic. And I, oh, this is great, and this and that. And, the, and I was like, oh, I'm really comfortable in London, thanks very much. Because <laughs> I know what my husband's like. And, um, and I thought, I don't, I don't. Oh. And then you know when you get that God gut feeling, and you're like, oh, God, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> don't tell me that's what I'm going to do. But I, Andy was telling you, so I knew long before we actually went that we were going to go. Because God gave me that, like, come on, this is, what I, this is my next thing in your story. This is my next thing in your adventure. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, the kids are all at school and we're all quite happy and we're all quite fluffy and it's all fine. Um, and, you know, we tried, I think, Stephen, were you about 15 when we took you out the first time? Yeah, and we, we tried. We thought, you know, Stephen's quite resilient and he'll, yeah. And Stephen's like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to do that. I don't, why would I want to do that? So we stayed. And we were driving up to Letton Hall Martin, oh, this church. It keeps coming back to Chase, doesn't it? And we, we were like, 
So what are we going to do? Because if we don't do it now, Stephen, I think Stephen's about 17. If we don't make this move now, are we ever going to make this move? Are we ever going to follow? And if we couldn't get away from God, what God was saying, this is the next part of your story. This is the next thing I want you to do. You need to do this next. And we couldn't get away from it. And we spent the whole journey up to Letton Hall, which can be quite slow if any of you have done it, <laughs> talking this through with a van of kids in the back. And um, we said, okay, we're going to push that door one more time. If this is what God wants us to do, we're going to push that door one more time. And we spent five wonderful years in Lebanon as a result. Um, and, you know, again, have huge amounts of, of times when God just blessed us. When we were, you know, when the, the currency started to devalue and we were watching our income reduce and reduce and reduce, you know, and we got blessed, blessed and blessed by it. And, you know, just times when we were able to uh, then bless other people around us through God's blessing on us. Uh, how we could tell our story and say, because God gave us this gift, this monetary gift, we can give you this. Or because we've been able to travel, we can bless you with this. And, you know, um, Andy's just gone out with um, three suitcases and probably um, none of it was really for him. But again, we can bless people. We can still keep blessing people. And, and God gives us all these rich um, elements of our story. And God gives each one of us those different elements. So what your story is, how God uses you, is not going to be the same. But God uses you in your with your neighbours, with your family, with your friends, wherever you are, whatever sphere of influence you have, God can use you. And that's, I just get that so exciting that we should all be standing up here every week saying, do you know what, you know, God did this this week and God did this this week and, and I saw God move in this way or he answered this prayer. And, you know, um, the opportunities we have are huge to just stand back and just reflect on how God uses each and every one of us. And um, I guess in a way, if we start to do this, if we start to listen to him, how do you want to use me? What are you saying to me? What do you want for me? What's next for me? Then we can start to move forward. And you know what? Um, I didn't think of this, but this is a part of Andy. He said, um, you know, he said, when you're at school, I have work with a girl, a young lady, um, supporting her, and she can be really tricky. And sometimes I'm sitting there thinking, Deb and I, we were having this conversation the other day, I don't know what to do. What do I say to her when she's shutting down or she's having a difficult day? And I just say, God, what do I say? You know, and the other day she um, didn't want to do something. And, uh, I just thought, I'm just going to let her be. And she came up to me and she said, Mrs. Frost, I'm sorry. And I said, you know what? I forgive you. And I thought, you know, in that moment I had the power to say, well, you're really naughty and you shouldn't be doing this and you should be listening to everything I say and following all my instructions. You can miss your playtime. And I thought, that's not going to help because I needed her to know that I could forgive her because Christ forgave me. Not because I had power or authority over her, but because Christ forgave me. And I just said, it's okay, I forgive you.
And you know what? In that moment, when I chose what I was going to say, because I said I had to say, I was sitting there in the corner of the library going, "Okay, God, what do I need to do?" And He said, "You need to forgive her." And and I that's what I chose. And you have to listen to God. We keep listening to God, and we keep saying to Him, "What do you want for me to do now? What is for me next?" And God will take us through um, in our story. And our st- and the exciting thing that I think is our story is not over. You know, we've all got stories and we should start sharing those with one another about how God has blessed us or led us in a way, shown us, um, blessed us, given us things, healed us. But you know what? Our story is not over next. We've got to see what's next. Where is God taking us next? Because... We need a lot. Well, our lives are going to be full of testimony and of story to bless each other, to encourage each other, to build up the church and to show others around us of God's love. Because if we don't show that love and start talking about God, how God loves people, then people are never going to hear it. So through our testimony, we can share and we can encourage each other and those around us. And... As I finish, I just want to finish on a... uh, I was talking to my friend in the playground. She said, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, I'm preaching. I'm thinking, why am I saying this? And she's like, well, that's um, that's interesting. I was like... And she said, what are you speaking on? I was like, no. So I said, I'm I'm talking about story and about how we all have a story. And she said, oh, that's really interesting, isn't it? She said, I feel sometimes that... When I've got to make big decisions, somebody's helping me too. And I said, yeah, I think it's God that helps us, don't you? And, you know, even in those conversations, we can have testimony and we can have a share, a story and a glimpse of God to those around us. So just be encouraged, whatever your story is, however God has taken you on this journey, there's lots more to happen yet. So let's just pray. Father God, thank you that you give us each our own story. Thank you, Lord, that you work in the lives of those who love you and who are according to your purposes. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you don't leave us alone. You never leave us alone. And Lord, we listen to testimony, we listen to stories, and we've been encouraged by Gary's story this morning and others around us. Lord, help us to live our lives for you, that all the glory goes to you. All our stories, all our lives reflect who you are and who are you You are to each and every one of us. And we want to pray. I want to pray for the young people and for the children because that's how I got to know you, Lord Jesus. That those children have words spoken over them and spoken to them that change their lives forever and that they don't have to live a life one way or the other. They can live a life with you, Lord Jesus. So I just pray, Lord, you help us all to be encouraged and enthusiastic as we share our stories with those uh, who we care for, those around us, and uh, reach out to those who need to know you, Lord Jesus. Amen.